Welcome to Picks with the Professor, NFL edition, week 13, Jake. We had our worst week of the season last week, and if you see on screen, week 12 sides, plus 1.1 units, week 12 totals, minus 1.1 units, we broke even. It was our worst week by far. I feel like it makes for a pretty good season. I mean, yeah, I, I, you know what? I could not be happier. I, I was going to try to act sad about it, but... Ooh. I mean, it just like it's just unreal. I did not think handicapping the NFL was going to be this easy. It really is easy, apparently. If you <laughs> know how to build a mathematical model, it's player based, and have learned all the things in life that I have learned about building a model and what not to do, and uh, also the building a college football model helps. It, it, it's different, but uh, you know, <laughs> learning all those pitfalls. Uh, totals have done well. Yeah, Sides yeah. have done well. The NFL has been a money-making machine. I look forward to Sundays more than Saturdays. And I've yes. never in my life said that because until I built this model, betting on the NFL was hard. And now it's not, yes. I don't know. It's, it's great. It's, it's unreal how much easier life is with that model. Yeah, it really is. Uh, and again, broke even last week, could have done better. But uh, again, remember if you want all of the other picks that we have you can get those over on dub club we are throwing up the promo code here it is only good for one day if you watch the first day november 30th cdb pod is the code on this is the nfl show but that's what's going to get you uh that's not even the right one i did the wrong one it's cbb 2023 you got the wrong promo code there it'll be the right one in the show description though um in order to get you your first month for $9.99. Uh, let's waste no time and get right to it. Though We've got seven games to cover, and it, it's already really late. Uh, Thursday night football, Seattle at Dallas. I, I don't even know what to say at this point about the Cowboys. They are a machine. Um, we Oof. laid the points with them last week. It wasn't really even a, a concern. I mean, it was kind of like you just kind of were waiting for them to explode, and, and sure enough, they did. Um, this Seattle team isn't terrible but they're not great at this point and i think they're getting a little bit too much respect sideline says seattle's right now the 22nd best team that's of course based off who's healthy uh right now cowboys at number two their offense is just incredible the defense is playing solid and hey when you get one guy with five pick sixes you know on the course of the season that helps out as well sideline says Dallas by 15 0.7 on average. We're going to lay it again with a minus nine and a half. Only a C grade pick. The value gets smaller as you get further away from zero if you're playing spreads or even money if you are playing money lines. The reason the value gets smaller is different between the two of them, actually. The money line has to do with weird quirks of probability. With the spread, it has to do with the fact that you end up with more likelihood of backdoors. You end up with weirder things happening at the end of the game. And so it just creates a little bit less value in there. So we're not playing this one super heavy. But at this point, you kind of have to think the Cowboys are worth a little bit of your coin, given how good they've been to us here of late. Jake, what are your thoughts? I, I love back in the Cowboys right now. They are a buzzsaw. And at home, it's even it's even worse. I mean, everything on that 
for that team is going right. I mean, now you've got Tony Pollard going a bit too. I don't know who's getting in their way with they keep playing like this. And Seattle's defense not not been the greatest this year, and their offense isn't really helping them out at all. I, especially with Kenneth Walker out, that that really really hurts how their offense operates. And I, I mean, I'm assuming he's not going to play. It's not been definite yet. But he didn't play on Sunday. Quick turnaround. Doubt he's playing here. Uh, and Geno Smith just hasn't been the same guy at all as he was last year. It's just it's just not working out as well. Uh, sucks for him. This is just a terrible spot for them to be in. I think Dallas is going to roll because you don't really have to have a short week for Dallas. They're playing from Thursday to Thursday. So they've got the benefit of the full week, and Seattle didn't. Not not good. This is interesting. The NFL is usually, um, y- you know, the Seattle has a full week, I guess, because they, they played on, on Thursday night, I guess, against San Francisco. Oh, um, yeah, the NFL is, is usually very concerned about making sure that. I noticed with the Europe games, they were doing that where it's like the two teams that went over the beginning both had to come back and play right away. But then after that, it was like, they both got buys coming back or that sort of thing. They're very, they're very concerned with that. So yeah, Seattle and Dallas both having a full week on this one helps. Um, but I still have Kenneth Walker as doubtful. We're recording this a day later than usual. So we're late Wednesday night now. So we're within 24 hours of the game. He's still listed as doubtful. Obviously, we'll know more here, uh, you know, in whatever, 20 hours from now or 18 or whatever. But, you know, at this point, it does not look likely for him to play. And that matters a lot. Uh, and at this point, you know, I just don't know how you stop this Cowboys team. They had that little kind of hiccup stretch in the middle of the season where they kind of looked like the Cowboys of old, where it was they were kind of yo-yo. They, they would look great one game, look kind of rough the next game, that sort of thing. But they've really committed themselves to the pass here, and that has just been incredible for them. A lot of other NFL teams, I feel like, were doing that previously, so they were maybe a little bit behind the curve. Uh, but they've got the weapons offensively to do it. And then by doing that, you kind of mentioned Tony Pollard, who's had some ups and downs this season as well. I think it actually makes him more effective because everyone's like, got to freak out about the past now that his carries become more valuable. Early in the season, they kind of tried to rely on him like a workhorse back, and I'm not really sure that was the smartest game plan and given the results uh, I guess that kind of aligns with that. And so he now becomes even more useful, more explosive, more dangerous because everyone's so worried about the pass. It's just made this offense incredible. It doesn't necessarily mean they're going to win the Super Bowl or anything, but right now they're one of the best teams in football. And the fact that we get to like single digits offers us enough value to, to take it. We could play this as a B grade or a C grade. Again, we're out to the point here where there's just not as many games and it's tougher to figure out, at least if you're on the right side of 10. It's kind of C-plus value, in my opinion. Uh, but either way, definitely worth having some investment in Thursday night. To the Sunday games, Los Angeles and New England. Jake, I, I thought this was fascinating. I've got the Chargers as the 10th best team in football at 4-7. and seven. And I don't think I'm alone in that regard. Like, they're a good team. They just can't get out of their way. They can't figure it out. Uh, two weeks ago, I think it was Eckler with the late fumble. Last week was Herbert with the late football. I mean, we've been one-score games each time. Um, the good news for them is they're playing a Patriots team who also can't seem to get out of their own way, it seems like, for the most part, and has struggled themselves. But we're not here to talk about the side. It's priced fairly well. Instead, we're going to take under 
40 and a half. Jake, the model only says 39.2. There's a couple of things happening here. This is not a great weather spot. And on top of that, the Patriots' defense has really sucked the life out of a lot of games and kept them very low scoring. Their offense also keeps it low scoring because they struggle to score. It, you know, the Patriots tend to be able to control the game, you know, and, and play their style of game. It doesn't even necessarily always win, but more times than not, they're playing these defensive, grinded up battles. And I think that's because Belichick at this point knows it's the only way he's going to win. He knows he's not going to win in the shootout with Mac Jones, quarterback especially against a team like this with quirky weather with the chargers notoriously bad spot here for a west coast team traveling to the east coast playing that one o'clock game notoriously bad this sets up to be an ugly contest and so even though the model only says there's a small edge there's enough here for me to think under's the right play what do you think yeah i totally agree Patriots don't even know who they're going to start at quarterback right now. That Zappy was taking a lot of the reps uh, today at practice. So it's just that doesn't help your offense if you don't know who's in charge of it. Um, the travel spot for the Chargers, and the only way this is getting over forty is if the Chargers score thirty-five. Like it's it's not New England is having just all all the trouble all the trouble, but their defense is doing well and is playing to the game plan that gives them chances to win. I mean, the last two times out not that they went against the greatest offenses, but they only gave up 10 points. So I, I feel like the Chargers are going to get in that mid-20s area and New England might score, maybe. And so I don't think we have to worry about 40 can any, being anywhere near 40 in this game. Got a little bit of wind right now. We're looking at 10 mile an hour winds, gust 15 to 20 miles an hour. And those winds would be looking right now, potentially like they're sideways winds, which, which have amplitude amplified effect. Uh, temperatures cold, not so cold matter, but cold enough that there is a bit of a chance of rain. Now we don't know at this point, we're too far away, but if the rain does come, it's cold enough that that also really grinds the game down because it's just miserable to play in cold rain i mean anybody who's been out in sports and played that will tell you that in that you know really can also suck the life out of it so there's just a lot of ways this can go under the charge full of turnovers can help us go under as well and i'm like you the the model projects the chargers score 22 points and you know at that point if they get to 21 24 or whatever it's hard to see the patriots you know also getting to 20 points and pushing us over this number so under 40 and a half small value according to the model but we think it's pretty good investment jake a game that nobody should be watching atlanta and the jets atlanta a team we faded them last week and that didn't work the fear last week and we always talk about this right and and our, our other shows i don't know if you mentioned on this show before or not but right you should be able to figure out how any pick's gonna lose and the way we were gonna lose last week was desmond ritter plays much better at home he, he plays competent at home and he's truly atrocious on the road that sort of thing he played well enough at home that with them getting Bijan robinson going they were able to win that game and that's what happened now you put him on the road let's see if he can do it on the road now because as much talk about there is as Bijan and the, the touchdown he scored last week they still are refusing to use him as much and as well as they should in the situations they should um they still they you know they tried to force a ball to him last week uh, and Ritter threw, Ritter threw an interception. So that was at home. On the road against a really good Jets defense. Let's see how it goes. Jake, you're not living right if at some point you haven't put some money backing Tim Boyle. Let's do that here. Plus 131. It's a B-grade pick. 
I like this mainly because we're trying to find value. And I, again, I, I know some people are a little bit turned off by that word. I'm not talking about value in one bet as much as value over the entire portfolio. If the entire portfolio of our bets has value, we know we're going to win some, we know we're going to lose some, and in the end, we're going to be hot, better off than we were the day before. And that's the only goal that we have here is to be better off at night than we were when we woke up. And this has got some value on it because everybody knows how bad Tim Boyle is. And that's the thing. Everyone knows, right? And so that's baked in, I think, and more uh, you know, than it should be. This is a coin toss type game. Yeah, the Falcons are the better team, but the Jets' defense has gotten them several many wins they do not deserve this year. And at home, this could be no different. We also have some potential weather in this one, uh, and that could muck things up even more, which makes this even more of a coin toss, which makes plus 131 even more valuable because I have no idea what's going to happen in this game. Either now, now I'd be shocked if either team scores 40, but either team could, could win 21 zip. And I'd be like, sure, whatever. And that's what makes plus 131 a pretty good investment. Jake, how you feeling? I'm living on the edge here, backing Tim Boyle. Look, what, what was it a handful of years ago? The hockey went to the emergency mm-hmm. goalie because of things happened and the dude showed up out of the stands and just pitched a shutout. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's Tim Boyle. Like, they just, I like, think it eh, was against his you. favorite team, too. I think is how that played yeah. out. Yeah. It's, it's just like they picked a guy out of the stands and was like, here, you, you're better than Zach Wilson. And it's maybe. Uh, but either way, that defense is enough to keep him in games. Desmond Ritter. We said played better at home. I mean, he still threw two interceptions and only threw for 168 yards. It's it's all about the running game and Bijan Robinson. The Jets have a defense, a much better defense. They can really shut that down. If they accidentally get points out of their offense, they have a decent chance to win this game. Maybe Aaron Rodgers coming back to the practice field puts a little bit of excitement back in the offense and has them play a little better. I mean, they're at home. I don't trust Desmond Ritter at all, so I'm going to take the value here on the Jets because I, I think there's just as much of a chance that Desmond Ritter throws a touchdown to the Jets as he does to the Falcons. And as much as we talk about Tim Boyle and his insane touchdown-interception ratio in college, which is bizarre how you can do – I think it's 1-13 to 13 at UConn. It just, it's like, that's not even like that guy's working at Seven Eleven now, or maybe hopefully he got a degree and he's working at like, you know, whatever. I don't know, wherever you work, if you get a degree, I don't know. Um, <laughs> a lot of options, right? And as much as we talk about that, based off of their data, Sideline still thinks Tim Boyle's better than Desmond Ritter this year. That doesn't mean that he will be better, obviously, in three years. Talk about these young quarterbacks, you just don't know. And that's why the teams are playing. That's why the Falcons are playing him. That's why the Panthers are playing Bryce Young, right? It has nothing to do with how good they are today. It's how good they might be down the road. And, and, and we know what Tim Boyle is. He will never be a, a good starting quarterback. Maybe Desmond Ritter will be. At this point, I'm a little bit nervous about the prospects for Desmond Ritter, but I don't have to care about how good he might be in the future. I can just tell you right now, he's really bad. And Sideline actually thinks that Tim Boyle is the better quarterback here. So you can talk all you want about that UConn stuff, which was all in the past to talk about right now. I'd rather, I can't believe I'm saying this, have Tim Boyle as my quarterback for today than I would Desmond Ritter. So at this point, I got the better quarterback and the better defense at home. 
I know you got B. John Robinson on the one side, but you got uh, Brees Hall on the other side. You know, the, the benefit for the Falcons have a much better offensive line than the Jets. So obviously, the Falcons have some better things going for them. But yeah, this is just a who the heck knows game. So I, to me, the plus 130 is all about the talk, all about the the Tim Boyle, all about the, the Jets, all about, you know, narratives that I'm not really sure are true. This is a 50-50 game. Uh, and I love being a 50-50 game at plus 130. Oh, yeah, I was just saying, it's just, uh, it's going to be, this was going to be like one of those ones you, you can't help but watch, but like a train wreck. It's just, everything's going to be so bad at it that you just can't not watch it. And probably a slow train wreck at that. Um, <laughs> Colts and Titans. Uh, where are the good football games? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> this one also won't be the good. The Colts, not bad at this point. Their defense is playing okay. It's masked a little bit by the fact that their pace is so high. They have the number one pace uh, in football. And so they're giving up a few more points. It's making their offense probably look a little bit better than it is. But I mean, the Colts are a very okay team, which I think is interesting because I would have said they were probably like more in the, in the low 20s. But I think there are enough teams that have fallen behind them because of injuries and or in the Titans case, giving up. Uh, because the Titans, I think, coming into the should be a better team, but Tannehill's about the about the best quarterback on any of these rosters for today, and, and they gave up and they were like, "Well, let's see what we've got in Levis, right?" So um, they they traded away one of their best defensive players, right? So that so the Titans are a team that fell below them because they just gave up. Well, that giving up has led them to the number twenty seven ranking according to sideline. They are at home, but that doesn't mean a ton in the NFL. In this case, we've got the Colts at 59% likely to win. That makes minus 118 pretty appealing B-grade pick. Jake, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I think this is my favorite B-grade pick because I, mean, I think we're getting a little value in, with the Jonathan Taylor news with him being, having surgery and being out. But Zach Moss absolutely tore the Titans up last time. He was doing great before Taylor. I, he's been doing well without him, like, or with him, so I don't see any reason for that running game to drop off. Minshew has been decent, very serviceable. I mean, my, he's got a really good receiver, Michael Pittman Jr., and Josh Downs is pretty good if he can get it down the field to him, but I, I just don't see where Tennessee is going to be able to stop stop them enough to let their offense barely score to win. That, that offense just does not look the same. Uh with with Levis going, I mean, he's I know he's a rookie, but it's just uh, I start to see some of the Kentucky stuff come out. He had a flash in the pan that first game, but now you're starting to look and see what you what you got at Kentucky out of him, and I don't think anybody in Tennessee is happy about that. Uh, so we've got I just think Indianapolis is a much better team here. I think there's a big difference between these two teams. It's it's crazy to me. The Titans were. I think supposed to compete this year. I think the South was wide open. I, I thought I said from the very beginning, right? I was on record saying that I thought the Texans would be solid. Their biggest thing was they didn't have a lot of depth. They had to get they had need to get healthy. They were hurt from the start of the season. Right? But I thought they'd be solid, but but I didn't quite think they'd be this good. Uh, the Jags, you know, we didn't quite know up and down. I think they've I think the Jags have kind of played the best been the best version of themselves. Like any one or two things could have gone differently, and the Jags wouldn't be this good. And if the Titans had done anything, they should have been right in the thick of things. As it turned out for the Titans. 
they lost some close games. The Texans got good quick. CJ Stroud was better than we ever imagined. And the Jags kind of had every break go their way. Things went right. They stayed healthy. ETN took a step forward. And all of a sudden, they've been really good. So, so they've fallen just way. So it just was a disaster of a season. For the Titans, it, it, in a situation where you have to think they drafted Will Levis, not for this year. You saw him from Kentucky last year. Was not a guy who was going to step in in your way. Like, look at what how much Bryce Young struggled. You didn't really expect Will Levis to come in and light the world on fire year one based off what we saw him from last year. You, you expected him to be the understudy here to Tannehill. And as it turned out, everything just blew up. And they were like, sure, let's throw this kid in there. Uh, and Tannehill had a couple of little injury problem as well, which I guess maybe hastened that. But yeah, it's like it's just turned into a disaster of a season for them. And they've definitely given up. And that doesn't mean the players on the field have given up. But when the front office has made these decisions like putting Levis in, like uh, trading away when you're better place. You just don't have the talent in the field anymore. And the Colts, for whatever reason, are still going for it. Uh, their biggest issue, I think, on offense is that Gardner Minshew takes off more off the table than he puts on. And that's where they have to stay within themselves, rely on Zach Moss, who was incredible at the start of the season, and just keep feeding him. And, you know, Minshew can't hurt them. If he doesn't hurt them, they should win this game. And that's the, the biggest thing is that he sometimes just tries to get too crazy and he'll, you know, wind up with a three interception game. And that's where the Colts could struggle. But as long as that doesn't happen, you have to like their chances here. Sideline gives them a 59% chance and isn't quite thinking about the game plan quite to that degree. I don't know what the coaches are thinking. It's why I don't tell the model that. But if the coaches are thinking about it like I'm thinking about it. I think the probability actually is a little bit higher because your usage of Gardner Minshew, I think is a little bit different in a game like this against a, a Titans team that just doesn't have a lot of talent versus if you're playing the chiefs, it's gotta be a different game plan versus if you're playing the, you know, the Vikings, it's a different game, right? It's it, 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 a little bit different depending on the tier of team you're playing and their strengths and weaknesses. And here is, you know, you shouldn't have Minshew, kill you and if that's the case minus 118 is, is a lot of i don't like you a pretty strong b grade pick uh 1p eastern miami and washington there are good football games probably eventually but i'm not sure we're going to cover right. a single one of them um <laughs> miami really good offense washington really bad defense who boy that's gonna be the thing on the other side of the ball this dolphins defense playing probably better of late should be good enough to slow down Washington. The question is just how many points are the Dolphins going to score? Jake, my question about the Dolphins offense, is it just me or has that offense looked much more human the last five or six weeks or whatever it is after that torrid start they had? They're still obviously really good, but... I'm not sure they're at that level where they can put up a 70 spot again. This is the defense to do it against, but I'm just not sure they're clicking on all those cylinders right now. Sideline says 48 points on this one. So we're going to go under 49 and a half. 48 is your key number here. So if this trickles down a little bit, make sure you get it at 48 and a half. So you get the win at 48. If in case the model is spot on another situation with potential weather, there's a lot of cold, a lot of chances of rain, a lot of chances for some wind uh, in a lot of places. So this is definitely a weekend where I'm looking more under than over because weather could get in the way. Definitely need to keep an eye on that, though. And again, benefit of being over this over on Dub Club, which many of you are. 
we'll give you the update, the weather update throughout the week as we get closer so that you know exactly how to treat the weather. But if there's any weather issues in this one, this might have a hard time getting into the 40s because it seems like Miami's going to do all the scoring, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't think Washington's going to be able to score at all that Miami defense is playing really well. Um, I know the Phillips injury is going to be a little bit of a loss, but I think they're going to do enough to – Washington's not a good enough offense to really take advantage of that. But then on the offensive side, I, I mean, it's going to be all Miami and how much they want to score. I mean, they haven't they haven't cleared forty since they played the Carolina Panthers, so I, I'm not that worried. That I think they'll get to the thirties, probably uh, twenty seven, thirty one feels feels about right. But and I think they will come close to shutting Washington all the way down because uh, Washington can't really run the ball. Sam Howell can't stay. They can't keep Sam Howell on his feet, mm-hmm. and when he does, it's not like he's making the greatest throws in the world. Um, I just I don't see where the extra points comes from to get us over to up to fifty points here. Yeah, and just to you know <clears throat> wrap up my thoughts here on the Dolphins uh, scoring. They got thirty four last week against the Jets. A really good Jets defense, but. Seven of that was on uh, on a not even a pick six. Not, I don't even dog our boy Tim Boyle. Right, that was a hail mary return, which I've literally yeah. never seen in my life. Which kind of makes sense that you would never see it because most hail marys are at the end of the game, and you would not run it back unless it was tied. Um, you know, and, and otherwise, especially in the NFL, you probably would kick a field goal at that point. If you could throw it that far, you probably feel like you can kick it that far, right? Um, yeah. But I've never seen that before. So seven of the points were that. Seven of them was a garbage time touchdown at the very end. I mean, otherwise, they put up 20 against the Jets, which isn't bad, but it's not great. They put up 20 against the Raiders. That's not bad. It's not great. They put up 14 against the Chiefs. Uh, they put up 31 against the Pats. They put up 17 against the Eagles. Like, it's not – it's a good offense. It's a good offense. It's just yeah. – it, again, it just doesn't feel like they're clicking on all the right cylinders. Maybe they get A-Chan back at this point, which could help them. Um, For hopefully more than a play. Hopefully more than a play. I mean, obviously that guy's explosive, and maybe he's the missing link to take them to that next level. Uh, and, and like we always talk about, right, you should be able to figure out how your bet's going to lose. And that'd be the way this one loses, really, is A-Chan comes back, sparks them, and the Dolphins put up a 50 spot themselves. But they just yeah. haven't done that enough at this point to be worked – to be overly concerned about that. They're not playing at a fast pace. Really, they're not trying to hurry up and run a bunch of plays. Washington is mainly because they get behind and they start accelerating the game because um, how, how much, you know, they have to pass the ball. And then of course the yeah. defense didn't know they got to pass, which allows the pass rush to get to maybe the worst offensive line pass blocking in football, given how much Sam Howell always ends up on his back. It's like watching, it's like watching Shadur Sanders, Colorado. It's like they, they can't yeah. keep him up. Right. And so it's just kind of a spiral of bad things there. Uh, it seems like when Washington has the ball. So Miami's going to have to do it all themselves, and they can, but we like our chances here. Sideline projects 31-17. Washington getting to 17 seems like about as high as they're going to get. It seems hard for them to get higher than that. Miami scoring 31 seems perfectly reasonable. If Washington gets any lower, that even gives us a cushion for what Miami could get. That's the ways we could get the 48 there, and that gives us the win for under 49 and a half. Yeah, One, looking at their s- schedule here, they've only cleared 53 times, right? You had, the, of course, the Broncos game where they did it all themselves. Uh, the Bills, who beat them 48 to 20, so that it wasn't their fault that they got above 50. And then the Carolina game. The rest of the time, they stick around 31 points. 
I mean, thirty like they had thirty six on the Chargers and thirty four on the Jets. The rest of the time, it's thirty one or less. I, I, I'm not saying that Miami's offense isn't great, but maybe it's we're getting a little bit of skewed from that seventy point thing and thinking they're a little bit higher higher octane than what they actually are. And again, part of it's like you see on the screen that pace at number twenty five in the league, right? They're they're not they're not over going overly fast. They're not running enough plays to get to that sort of pace, and so or that 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 level is running. Pace doesn't matter a ton in football. I'm not, I don't want to try to overstate it, but it, you know that could be a little bit of a differentiator of why their games are typically staying. Most of their games are staying around forty rather than in the fifties. But the perception is they're getting all their games into the fifties, and they've just had a few. They've had three that have gotten way up there. But the other ones yeah. haven't. And so uh, on average, we like our chances with the under in that one. One late afternoon Sunday game, Carolina and Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay just very run-of-the-mill average. Carolina bad. Not the worst offense, not the worst defense, but the worst overall team, according to Sideline. Gives them a mere 20% chance to win an 80% likelihood of winning for the Bucks makes minus 240 in a grade. We're right on the cusp of where the model would switch from laying odds to laying points. I don't think it's a problem to lay the points in this one just because I don't have faith that Carolina can keep any game to single digits at this point against a respectable team on the road. I could be crazy, but that just doesn't seem like a likely outcome. Again, anything is possible, right? Anybody can win any game you know, in any sport until you get to like Mississippi State Valley State playing Kansas in basketball, right? That one's not going to happen. <laughs> Otherwise, though, there's a 20% chance Carolina wins, sure, but there's a real good chance it seems like Tampa Bay just runs away with this one because that's just how little I think of Carolina. No offense to them and their fans. I feel like they probably know their team isn't very good. Jake, the only concern here, do you get a coach being fired, bounce back effect? The issue is, is there any talent to bounce back with? That's my question. That's... That's the problem. I, I I don't think it was all Frank Reich. I think it was uh, uh, just a bad combo of everything happening. Um, and then, I mean, Tampa isn't great, but Mike Evans is quietly having an incredible year. He's almost already at 1,000 yards, and he's got nine TDs, uh, 54 catches. He's, he's doing really well. And uh, Rashad White is a pretty good running back. I think this Tampa offense has got a little bit more than Carolina's going to be ready for. And the only way Carolina wins this game is if you get some weird scoring, like the 15 to 13 with one touchdown where Houston, I don't know what Houston was doing that game. Um, something weird is going to have to happen like that where for Carolina to win because they are just – Bryce Young looks lost. And I don't know, hopefully – his confidence isn't ruined for the rest of his career, but it's going to be tough. I mean, everything can go wrong goes wrong for him. It seems every game um, they have no run game to really help him out with. The defense has talent, but is always in bad spots, so that they never really get to do much. And then they're out there all the time. That's just got to be disheartening. Carolina, they've got to be seeing the light at the end of the tunnel with the season coming on the last chunk of the season here. So I, th- I think Tampa's going to win. I, I don't know that Carolina really wants to win anymore. I think they just want the games to be over. Mm. I mean, it's a rough season for them, obviously. And it, when when the flip of this matchup happens to close the regular season, you know, you think Bryce Young, 
might fare better at home, you know, with the crowd. I'm not saying the crowd will be with him at that point. I'm not sure anybody's going to the games, but the crowd won't be against him, right? It won't be like a louder environment, you know, so he can at least communicate to his guys or whatever. But this one on the road, like he doesn't get that benefit, right? Um, When you look at what Carolina has done on the road this season, it's really really bad they lost last week by seven to the titans a team we just talked about is basically just give it up like that's not a good loss they lost the week before that by three to the bears the bears have been I mean, you just saw what they did on monday night football um they lost by 21 to the dolphins and you say sure that's the dolphins but like they got smoked they lost by uh, 18 to the lions and this year it's the lions but yeah, they got smoked uh they lost by 10 to the seahawks who at that point of the season were probably at least above average, but lost by double digits. And they lost by 14 to the pan to, I mean, to the Falcons, like who's all we talk about, not a good team. I mean, they haven't really had the toughest road schedule. They've played two good teams on the road. They've lost by an average of 20. They played one solid team on the road. They lost by 10. I would put Tampa in that category. They're just solid, right? That, that 10 point loss seems pretty reasonable on average, but given the way, and the, that's what the model projects, by the way, that 10-point victory for Tampa. Given the way things have spiraled for Carolina, like I just would not be surprised for the wheels to fall off this week, next week, whenever, right? And one of these games that they should lose by 10 or whatever, turning into you know 24. It's kind of what happened against the Cowboys, right? Uh, that sort of game where, where things just uh, completely unraveled for them, and that was, that was at home. Right, they just, they haven't had one of those yet on the road, but you know what's coming because this team just isn't very good. Uh, and like you said, the defense probably not as bad as the 29th ranked defense, but we've talked about a lot this season with the Panthers. They're constantly on the field. They're constantly bad position, uh, bad field position, and that just makes the mistakes easier to happen because you're putting too much pressure on yourself to get every single stop uh, because you know you're already kind of down. You know you're out there for more plays. You need to be more likely to make mistakes, et cetera. It's just not been a good uh, year for them. I think it continues here. We will lay it with the Buccaneers, which takes us to Sunday night football, Kansas City at Green Bay. Um, You know, the Chiefs offense looked a little better last week. Uh, They scored in the second half. They did score in the second half. Uh, The game did get over by one score, so it wasn't by much, but it did get over. Uh, which kind of breaks a string for them for a lot of games that have been going under, but the model still really likes that defense. Other thing of note, we talk about pace, and the pace isn't the biggest thing in the NFL, but neither one of these teams is really playing with any urgency whatsoever. Jordan Love maybe starting to put it together a little bit offensively. You have to like what you saw against with him uh, against Detroit. How much of that was what we said was the fear with Detroit all season, though? Uh, when we were a little bit down on Detroit, was their offense would be good, but their defense wouldn't be. That's a question you kind of have to figure out yourself how you feel about that game. Uh, but the model likes under here, under 42 and a half. Um, you know, 41 would be your key number here. 44 would be a key number on the other side, which would be great, but I don't think you're going to see that. Uh, this sets up to be a defensive struggle here. The model projects 39 points and yet another weather situation. And this one could get uglier being at night versus the day. As you know, nighttime weather can get just a little bit worse. We're talking about temperatures near freezing um, with some wind, making the wind chill even colder. Not sure how much of an effect it's going to have, but it, it it's on the table to be, you know, freezing type rain 
Uh, they're about a 25% chance of that. Not snow. Snow is no problem to play in as much as it's fun to look at. It doesn't really affect the scores much, but any bit of rain, if that comes at 33 degrees, is going to make this game miserable conditions. Uh, but even aside from the weather, this Chiefs defense, I still believe in them, despite the game last week going over by one score. You have to look at all the other unders the Chiefs have played in and like that side of the equation. Jake, what you got? I'm just shocked by the Green Bay team and how how they've pivoted to being all about Jordan Love. Um, coming into the year, it's I thought it was going to be just a ton of handing the ball off to Dylan and uh, Aaron Jones, and, and Love would just throw it here or there. Uh, now it's it's really all on his arm. I mean, Dylan had 14 carries last week, and that was the most by any running back. And then the week before that, they Dylan had 14, and nobody else had above five. Like they just they don't really run the ball that much anymore. It's it's on. Jordan Love in his arm, and he's doing well now. Um, he had that, he started off good and then had a middle stretch where something happened, and now he's back to playing pretty well. I just think the caliber of defense they're going against with Kansas City will be able to stop that, especially letting Chris Jones just pass rush the whole game is going to be a nightmare for uh, Green Bay, whose line isn't the best in the world. It's not terrible, but just not the best. Kansas City's got a really good defense. Their offense is not explosive anymore. It's still very good. It's just more of running the ball and thinking and dumping it down the field rather than finding Kelsey deep in the middle or Tyreek Hill or Juju or whoever else running down the sideline. Um, so I think there's going to be the possessions are just going to eat so much clock. It's going to and keep this pace really low and keep the scoring really low. My take, and, and again, viewer, you can kind of come up to, with your own conclusion here, but the, the Packers ha- played a game with the Lions here on Thanksgiving that we all, most of us watched, uh, at least, that had uh, 51 points in it. If we go back to the last time the Packers played the Lions on September 20th, they came at 54 points in it. And promptly after that, the Packers games had the following number of points in them, 30, 36, 34 23, 32. So, no, 40, excuse me, 42 in the last one, which still would have gone under this number. So I'm going to say that's about the Lions and not about the Packers. It might be a little bit different this time because Jordan Love's looked a little bit better here these last couple weeks. And like you said, it's been a completely different uh, change for them. But, um, you know, it, it to me, it's just that that Lions, that game had some turnovers. I think it had a scoop and score in it. Um the Lions are just yeah. a different team than this Chiefs team. Like uh, the, the Chiefs, when they score, they score slow usually, and they've got a much better defense than the Lions. It's just a whole different ball game, right? And not to say that the Lions aren't a good team; they're they're obviously a solid team. That last week aside, uh, but they but their flaw is on defense, and in that game having some weird scores. I think that's just what that was about. This one, anything can happen in one game. Uh, way more points last week in the Chiefs game than we thought, but this is one where I think we're getting a little bit of value based off of last week because the chiefs went over in a game that we all kind of thought would go under. And then the green Bay game having so many points, I think there's this number's inflated. Really. I think this number should be right around 40. Uh, and so the fact that we get to weigh it at such a key number of 41, I think it makes a lot of sense, but on average, I think this game is more likely to stay in the thirties than the forties, but even if it gets to 41, like I said, we cut the, the winner there. And that's all we've got here for this week. NFL picks. 
Jake, parting words. I'm just, like you said, I can't wait for Sundays. I mean, even Thursdays and Mondays because this, this year with the NFL, with the model you built has been so, so profitable. I've made so much money. It's it's helped counteract some of the crazier things I've done with betting on UFC and stuff. That sports I don't understand. Uh, but that's what having a model like this has helped uh, when the bankroll management lets you let you play around and have a little fun with the money and not, not always be worried about riding that profit loss line. Yeah, absolutely well said. All right, well, uh, that's our show for this week. Hopefully we see you over on the College Football Show where we covered all the conference championship games, college basketball again, uh, six days a week. And again, if you're interested, you got – handful hours left the sign up link in the show description as long as it's by the end of the month you can get your first month at dub club for 9.99 otherwise we will see y'all later mm-hmm.